When I was a boy of about the age, from, from age 5 through 8, I lived in this house. Uh, went, went on Google Maps and found, found my house that I lived in uh, when I was ages 5 through 8 in Dixon, Tennessee. Uh, I, I counted it up. I know a lot of you have lived in only maybe one or two houses in your life. I have lived in 27 different houses in my life. Okay? It sounds like I was an army brat, but I wasn't. I just 27 different houses. And uh, this was one of them. Age about five through eight, uh, both of my sisters were born in this, this particular house here. Uh, I remember being five years old. And, you know, when you're in kindergarten, they make you memorize your, your address and your telephone number. You know, they, it's part of, the, part of the deal. And I remember it's 105 Canary Drive. Dixon, Tennessee. I made a song out of it so that I could remember it. You know, 105. I can still, I still sing that song every now and then. But uh, as you're looking at this, the big window with a little, with a little arch over the top of it, that was the living room. Okay. Then you had the front door, and then the next window over, that was my my sisters, my two sisters' bedroom, and then the last one on the end there, that was my mom and dad's bedroom, and I was across the hall. I was on the back side of the house uh, across from my mom and dad's room. But that window there, that that big window, that was where the living room was. That's where the TV was. And, uh, and it, it never failed. It never failed. Every Sunday night, every Sunday night about 5.30, the wonderful world of Disney came on. Tinkerbell, you remember? She's ruling the wonderful world of Disney. And I used to beg my mom and daddy, please let me stay home. Please let me stay home and watch the show, Mama, I never... See, back then, me and Dana, we were talking about it. We were trying to explain to our children that you only watched cartoons on Saturday. You remember that? You only watched them on Saturday. And, the only, and then only between the times of about 8 to 2, you know? Because ball games came on after that. You didn't get to watch... You didn't have a whole channel dedicated or a couple channels dedicated to cartoons. And so when this came on, I just thought it was so special. I wanted to see these shows. And I would give, you know those eyes, you know, you parents know those eyes, you mamas know those eyes of please, please. I'm sure I looked exactly like that. And my parents, just about every Sunday, if I saw Tinkerbell come across that screen, my parents every Sunday had this question to ask themselves, to go or not to go? That's the question we're going to look at today. Okay, We're going to look at that question. Should we go or should we not go? Why do we go to church? That's the question we'll, we'll answer today. You're going to need your Bible again. Please get out your Bible like we did last week. We're going to go from Scripture to Scripture to Scripture. And we're going to start in Luke chapter 9. If you'll turn there. Luke chapter 9. Jesus is traveling toward Jerusalem and he meets three men and these three men are faced with this question, to go or not to go. Okay? Jesus lets these men know a few things about their decision and he lets us understand some things about our decision. Beginning with uh, Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 20, uh, excuse me, 57, 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere 
to lay his head. Jesus let this man know that the road he walked was a hard road. He let him know that, that his life was not always easy. Look at verse 59. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. He let this man know, and you know, this seems like a good excuse. I gotta go bury my daddy. Jesus lets this man know that he, that he wants to be put first over his family. Look at verse 61. And another said to him, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. He wanted to go tell his mama. Mama, I'm leaving. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. You know, this seems reasonable. But if Jesus says, If you're going to follow me, you can't look back. Once you put your hand to the plow, you can't look back. To go or not to go. Hmm. People usually do what they want to do. And with our question, others have come up with some amazing excuses. Uh, I got these excuses from JossFultz.com. Great excuses for skipping church. You ready? Great excuses for skipping church. I worked 80 hours this week. That's true. You're probably tired. But remember, when you're too tired... When you, get, when you get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, halt. That's what that spells, halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And what better place to take a rest than with the Lord's? They are having a guest speaker. So you're missing because of that. It's singing night. They won't miss me. It's singing night. I'm just not getting fed, some say. Well, home's better. Home's better. I can stay home. They are, there are plenty of preachers on TV. Well, there's a point being missed there, isn't there? There's a point being missed there. I can't come without my spouse. Who's being influenced in that situation? You or the spouse? The church is too mission-minded. Huh? What? Someone corrected my child. That's a big one, but what if they were wrong? I just needed a day off. From being a Christian? We need a day off from being a Christian? You know, we go on vacation. Do you take a vacation from being a Christian too? I will go to church when things get right between me and God. That's brilliant. Right there, isn't it? That's brilliant. It's too hot. Or too cold. Hey, you know, life is not always easy. That was, that's what Jesus was telling that one fella. I don't have a place to lay my head. Life's not always easy. I really need to mow the yard. There are more important things in life than yard work. The preacher gave a sermon directed specifically at me. Now, I've been asked that a lot. There have been some people who come up to me and said, you preached that just for me. And there are probably some who are thinking that right now. But hey, this was a sermon from one of you. One of you wanted this sermon. And you wanted this sermon on a day when we would have a lot of people here. 
the pews, the chairs, too hard or too soft. It sounds like the sounds like the three bears, doesn't it? Life's not always easy. I, I don't know anyone there. Well, stick around. You're here five minutes. The people here are friendly. They will get to know you, I promise. Just stick around. It's full of hypocrites. Well, hey, it's full of people. It's full of people. The preacher preached against. Just fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. No one checked on me after I missed three weeks in a row. And you checked on how many? You want to say. I overslept. Hmm. I wonder what's a good investment here. What's a good investment? Alarm clock. Yeah, that would be a good investment. Sure. Hmm. Hey, you know what the number one excuse is? The number one excuse is yours. Whatever it is. Because it's your excuse. But it's still just an excuse. Now, hey, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about people who are just truly sick and just can't make it. I'm not talking about that. To answer whether we should go or not go to church. When those little eyes look up at us. When there's something else that's going on and our lives are so busy. When we're too tired or... We must first answer some more pointed questions about attendance, such as, is attendance in the Lord's church, is it important? Is it important? Well, I'm going to go to the first obvious place first. If you would, please turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And I believe from this verse we can answer in the affirmative. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. When we assemble together, we stir each other up. We stir each other up to love and, and good works, as you, as you see here. When we assemble, we show the importance of God's Word. We show the importance of what we place on Scripture. Acts chapter 27 is an approved example. If you'll turn there, Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. The disciples came together here in Acts chapter 20, verse 7. It says, Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. We can see three things from this. Number one, the disciples, they came together. Number two, they came together to take the Lord's Supper. Number three, they came together on the first day of the week. But one thing is undeniable, they came together. They assembled together. The first century church understood the assembly to be important. Attendance is important. But is attendance a must? It's important, but is it a must? Well, if you will, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Therefore... Laying aside all malice, all deceit, 
hypocrisy, envy, and all evil, speaking as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted the Lord, that the Lord is gracious. When we come together, we're to leave all our ugly ways behind us. We read of a lot of ugly things right there. We must do this. When we come together, we must leave those ugly ways behind us so that we can be stronger. We can grow. Attendance is a must. To, to grow, we must come to church. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. When we believe and obey our, our faith, when we're to add to our faith, we're to add to this faith, uh, verse uh, Hebrew, uh, excuse me, Second Peter chapter one, verse five. Uh, we're to add to that faith virtue, uh, knowledge to knowledge, self-control to self-control, perseverance to perseverance, godliness to godliness, brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness, love. We're to add these things. We cannot practice brotherly kindness and love at home mowing the yard. We can't do it. There are some things we can't do for ourselves. We must meet to do them. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and along about verse 19, I believe. There's some things we just can't do on our own. We're, we're to sing in the assembly, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. How can we speak to other one another in song if we're not here? Or we skip singing night. Because it's the fourth Sunday night, we skip it. We don't think it's that important. But it is. How can we, how can we fulfill God's commands written here in the pages of the Bible without being together and doing it? Oh, it's very important. Look at verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. How can we submit to each other if we're not around? Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says that we're the light of the world. How can we be the light of the world if we don't assemble? If we don't assemble. How can we if we won't be the example? Attendance is part of proving that we love God. Turn over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14 verse 15. We will meet together. We will meet together and we'll be glad to do it if we love Jesus. Look here. John chapter 14 verse 15. If you love me, Keep my commandments. It's important to the Lord and a must that we obey Him. And if we obey Him, then we love Him. If we love Him, then we'll be here. Now, attendance is important. Attendance is a must. So is attendance an attitude? Is it an attitude? When I was a child... I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. My attitude when Tinkerbell flew across the screen was a childish attitude. My mama and daddy, every Sunday night, 
had to make a grown-up attitude choice. They had to make a grown-up choice. TV and staying at home and watching it on Sunday night or Wednesday night, that's a childish attitude. Supposedly, I'm a man by now. I'm not just a man, I'm a Christian man. And so I make my choices with the Bible. Look at Acts chapter 2. See what it says. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Here's, here's an adult decision, okay? Here's an adult decision. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. A lot of you are in college. A lot of you are going off to college here pretty soon. And you're going to be out of the house. And you're going to have to make these decisions for yourselves as well. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Notice they continued. They continued on. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. We understood that they met on the first day. Right? You remember? They continued in that. This, this day here on the day of Pentecost, that was a Sunday too. They met on the first day of the week. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. So I want you to keep that in mind as we go back to and look at more of the context of, of really the, the grand slam home run verse in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 where it says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Let's look at that. Let's look at the surrounding text in that just a minute. Hebrews chapter 10 beginning with verse 23. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. As Christians, they in the first century here, and we in the 21st century, we have hope if we continue in the apostles' commands, if we continue in in that doctrine, in their examples. Look here in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. He who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Look here, there's a few points. Number one, we must have the attitude of faithfulness. That's, that's the first attitude that we've got to have. Number two, our attitude must look to others. We can't be thinking about ourselves all the time. We can't be selfish. We've got to give of ourselves to others. Number three, our attitude here must be loving. We must have a loving attitude, not a selfish attitude. Number four, our attitude must be full of good works. Full of good works. We must, number five, have the attitude of exhortation. We must urge each other. We must drive each other along. We cannot do that alone. We cannot do that if we're not here. We cannot... If we don't care. What can you expect... If you don't, assemble. Well, as it says right here, a fearful expectation. That's the expectation. That's the only expectation you've got. A fearful one. 
A fearful expectation. Turn over to 2 Peter chapter 3. Here's the fearful expectation. 2 Peter chapter 3. In Hebrews chapter 10, our attitude must be forward thinking. We've got to be looking toward the day. We've got to be looking for the day. It's coming. The day is coming. Looking toward the day. First, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord because of which the heavens will be dissolved? We must have a holy attitude. We must have a a diligent attitude. From this, we must have a, a patient attitude because if not, we have a fearful expectation. Attendance is an attitude. We're not kids anymore. With baby attitudes. Except 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, in our desire to grow by feeding off the pure milk of the Word. Attendance is important, yes. Attendance is a must, yes. Attendance is an attitude, oh yes. Is attendance respectful? Is our coming to worship respectful? Turn to John chapter 14 again. John chapter 14. We're going to look at verse 21. John chapter 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. If we do what God wants, we show our love and we show our respect for God. But notice we show our respect to others as well. Our elders, they've been given a job to do. Turn over to Acts chapter 20 again. Our elders have been given a job to do. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Paul is telling the elders from Ephesus there, giving them some marching orders. He says, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which He purchased with His own blood. Elders are to take heed of themselves and to us who are the sheep. That's their job. That's not our job. That's their job. Now, I want you to notice something. Hebrews chapter... 13. Hebrews chapter 13. The shepherds are given authority over us by God's Word. And it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. 
Look at again at verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. The shepherds, they're given a task to do, and so are we. We're given a task to do as well. We love God and we show that love by our obedience to God. We are to be, we're to remember those who rule over us. We're to be submissive to those who rule over us. Can we be respectful to God and disrespectful to those who rule over us? Let me say it again. Can we be respectful to God and be disrespectful to those who rule over us? The elders at our congregation have set the times that they want us to be fed. And they expect us to be here. And if we respect God, we'll respect their decision. But we can't be respectful to God and disrespect our brothers who roll over us. We can't. just can't be done. To go or not to go? Should there ever be a question of whether we should go Sunday night or Wednesday night or Sunday morning? I'm not tooting my own horn, but at my house, the kids, they don't wake up on Sunday morning going, do we have to go today? Maybe because I'm the preacher. Maybe I'm because, because I'm the preacher, but it's just not going to happen. That's what we do. But that, my, mama, my daddy was an electrician. He wasn't a preacher. You just didn't ask that question. We were going. Whether you liked it or not, we're going. It should not even enter our minds unless we're just sick. We can't help it. Our elders have set the time and they want us to be fed. And there should never be a question. Sunday night, Wednesday night. Do you believe it's important? Do you believe that it's a a must? Attendance? Do you believe that? You believe the Scriptures, don't you? I know everybody here does. You believe the Scriptures. You believe that, that, that it's important, that it's a must, that you have to have the right attitude. You believe that. I know you do. Is it respectful? Yeah, you, you believe that. You believe it's respectful to God. You believe it's respectful to your fellow Christians. You believe it's respectful to the elders. Most certainly you do. All of these... The importance, the must, the, the attitude, the respect. It can't be done if, if you're not here. So, so what's your excuse? What excuse are you going to give tonight? What excuse are you going to give Wednesday night? Do you need to repent? Do you need to repent? It's important. It's a must. To have the right attitude. To respect God. To respect others. To respect yourself. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 21 it says to keep yourselves from idols. But we want what we want when we want it. And many times we put other things besides 
attending the worship service of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ above what we're supposed to be doing for Him. You can know that you have eternal life, it says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. You can know that you have eternal life if you have that hope. There may be some here who have just realized that, hey, I haven't been faithful. I need the prayers of the congregation. There may be some here who want to put Christ on in baptism. We offer you that opportunity. But we hope we'll see you tonight. Hope we'll see you Wednesday night. Hope we'll see you back next week. And then someday, we'll all be in attendance together in heaven. Come right now, if you need. As together we stand and sing.